0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Chris Van Vliet! Oh, welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight i'm cvd chris van Fleet. thank you so much for being with us as we sit down with the aew champ himself hangman adam page i mean we've done interviews with all of the AEW champions before chris jericho john moxley kenny omega but never while they were the champion never with the actual title belt in their possession and it was on his lap the entire time here it was such a treat Talking to Hangman Adam Page at the Squared Circle Expo 2 in Indianapolis. And the thing I love about Hangman is what you see is what you get. What a guy. Snap a screenshot. Let us know what you think of this interview. And I'm sure you know a friend or a family member who's a fan of Hangman. So share this with them. Share it on social media. Tag us so we know you're listening. He is at the Adam Page on Twitter. He's at Hangman Adam Page on Instagram and I am at Chris Van Vleet on all of the platforms, except for TikTok where I am Chris. van If it's your first time here and you like what you hear here, do you like what you hear here, you know what I'm saying? If you like what you hear, here. So it makes sense. It'd be amazing if you would consider subscribing wherever you're listening to this right now. Big shout-out to our Fan of the Week, Logan Cummins, who says, Insight with Chris Fanfleet is a gift. A longtime listener, I love Chris's conversational interview style and the insights, pun intended, that I take away from his guests. Every episode is a must-listen. Well, thank you so much, sir. Logan, you're awesome. I was actually a guest on Logan's podcast recently called Fast Friends, That interview will be coming out soon, so make sure to subscribe to Fast Friends so you don't miss out on that conversation. We talk about things in that conversation that I never thought that I would ever talk about. So go check that out. It'll be coming out very soon. And I read one review on every single episode. It's my way to say thank you for being on this audio adventure with me. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a few words, leave a few emojis. We'll shout you out on the show. And hey, if you're a Spotify listener, They've got ratings, so go in there, click the stars on there, and, uh, well, I'll just, I'll give you a big high five the next time I see you. Okay, let's dive into this. It's so good. Please welcome the AEW world champion, Hangman, Adam Page. That's been so long since we've done an interview? I think 72 years. Uh, maybe 73, perhaps. Maybe, maybe, yeah. You look great for so your age, hard though. To keep
1: count. Same to you, man. <laughs> oh, wow. thank you so You're much. Hold up really well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are you
0: now, 104? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: 164. Wow. Yeah, yeah. World's I oldest feel man. It. I feel it, at least. I bet you do. You know. Is
0: that mostly with the wrestling, the lack of sleep, or the baby?
1: I think all those three together, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, it's aging me quick. I'm watching my hairline. So, like, uh, people were coming up today with, like, one guy came up with a photo we had taken together on, like, the, the first Jericho cruise, and he wanted me to sign it. And I just, I wanted to cry because my hair hairline was, like, way down here. I couldn't believe it. You don't realize you're getting older until you see, like, a yeah. picture that was just a couple years ago, and you, you look so little, like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, so it's catching up. I think the blue stitches in your face there really is a nice touch. A few people today you can't see it in the video that much. You know, there it is.
1: Yeah, a few people today thought I had just drawn on my face with a marker and were like trying to tell me like, hey, hey, hangman, Uh, like I'm, I'm so sorry, but like you got a little something on your face. I'm like, yeah, I know it's it's yeah. Did you watch the match last night? It's blue stitches. The doctor told me they would blend in. Uh, They don't. Um, How would they blend into a blonde beard? I believe them. I don't know. know. He's a doctor. I mean, what the hell I know, you know?
0: How many stitches is this? I don't know. <laughs> I lost count after seven or eight. Oh, my god! Yeah. I mean, it might be like, it might be eight. As we're sitting here right now, people d- may, n- might not know that last night was your Texas death match. It was, yeah. Texas <laughs> death last night. A hell of a match.
1: Thank you. God bless you.
0: Other than your chin, what hurts on you from that?
1: Uh, My knees. I, I picked Cole up for the dead eye off the apron through that table. And it didn't occur to me until, like, that very moment. Like, when I jumped, I thought, oh, shit, I don't have a knee pad. <laughs> this is going to hurt so bad. Uh, so that, um, yeah, just weird little cuts and stuff that, you know, like burns when you take a shower or whatever. Nice. But, yeah, this chin split wide open. You ever done a backflip and a guy, like, kicked you in the face in midair?
0: I can't say that that's been something that's happened Unbelievable.
1: to me. I asked people today, and this never happened to anyone else either. Yeah. Um, crazy but yeah I split my chin open so
0: and you've got the championship still.
1: still have the championship yeah so if i continue to hold on this for a while my face maybe nothing left
0: <laughs> what's yeah. it
1: like going through the airport with that uh it's <laughs> it's a pain in the ass that- uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously wonderful to, to have, but of course. To, to take it through TSA is a pain in the ass. You can't, you can't put it in your checked bag, right? Because you can't let it leave your site. Mm. So it's in your backpack and it's, you know, 60 pounds or whatever. And then <laughs> 60, pounds. you know, and you go to TSA and, you know, they're all like, you know, take off your belt, your shoes got to come off, you know, electronics out of your bag, but they don't like, they don't list world championships if they stay in the bag or they come out of the bag. So mm. like, it's all on you, you kind of have to figure out. So I always have to like take it out in separate bin and. Like, I'm watching the guy, like, who's seeing the little x-ray or whatever, and he, like, you see him there, he's just kind of bored out of his mind, and he kind of, like, he's doing this number, and he like, doing that, and he's, like, peeking around at you, and you're, like, yeah, hey, yeah. like, hoping he doesn't
0: make a scene. Um, And then the yeah. questions come. Don't
1: questions come you know they're yeah. oh 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 you're, you're the what are you the champion of you just gotta be like the world you know what i mean yeah
0: can you not read it right of course yeah Jeez. Um, it says right there my name's even on it right yeah so yeah
1: anyway it's uh it's quite a quite a quite a trip to get it through TSA. i was
0: looking at it earlier when we were talking there's like a lot of blood on this belt there is is yeah. it yours um I don't know. <laughs> I I have no idea. Is um, it previous champion's blood? No, I would hope not. It's
1: probably been cleaned since so it's probably just dirty from yesterday. So I would probably guess my blood, because uh, I was the only one who touched it yesterday. Um, so so probably mine, but it was a good excuse to not have people like pick it up and down off the table. Hey, you take, a right? Uh, right, yeah, you wrestle with ghost yesterday, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty weird. Right? How, you how punch does... him and his hand goes right through.
0: Yeah. How does that even work? Uh I don't know, but it has twice now. So, so it's actually been four years since we last talked close to seven four actual years yeah, yeah four actual years estimates were off well, just a up. little bit uh, three and a half maybe i don't know yeah something so like close that. to yeah, 72 yeah, ring of honor anyway but so much has happened since then
1: yeah, yeah like for
0: me from the outside looking in it's so easy to go look at everything that's happened how does it feel for you it's just crazy man there was a pandemic
1: there's like a, a war in ukraine there's just so much shit has happened since
0: then um it's hard to take it all in honestly you know and you know you also you know you're with a different company now you're the champion oh the yeah world. like
1: wrestling yeah, that yeah, yeah too. yeah yeah that's been weird um there's a whole new like wrestling comp. if i would have told myself now like four years ago what would be happening i wouldn't have remotely believed it um yeah, wild, wild few years.
0: I don't know if anyone would have believed it.
1: No, probably not, no. It sounds like bullshit on, on its, on its it face. seriously <laughs> does. Right, yeah, at least from four years ago's perspective.
0: When you first, like, when you wrestled your first few matches with AEW, what did you think that, like, obviously this was the goal, having the championship, but what did you think was going to be your first year, your second year, your third year with AEW?
1: I don't know. I never looked at it that way. Um, I always just knew my personal professional goal uh was to win this championship and that was it and i mean it's just week to week like what the hell have i got to do how to do figure this out and and get there and the amount of time it took whether it was you know at, all, at first all out or whether it was what ended up being three years later or whatever um i
0: didn't i didn't know how long that would take we got there but you're here now and the, the journey though has been interesting like i felt like your i feel like your character has shifted a lot too
1: uh, a bit I've, I've i mean it's been a long time i've had time to grow and change and
0: you know yeah i guess such as such as human nature such is life such as life perhaps what how much of you is adam page uh like all of it yeah <laughs> no but like how much of like you who you are is the is the character all of it really very much so
1: yeah it's very weird uh it's hmm, difficult to do and like reckon with yourself, and um, but it's also cathartic to just be like, oh well, yeah, this is shitty, but this is me. In what uh, way? I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just everything over the past few years. I've never been a, a perfect person, but to you know acknowledge that and I reckon with it and just put it out there, you know, it's cathartic to get to get through that. Yeah. But there's
0: got to be something that you keep close to the vest and you're like, you know, that's not going to be part of the public persona.
1: Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably quite a few things.
0: Like um, how different if we were to hang out at your house. How much different would you be like with your family?
1: Um, I wouldn't say any different, but I that's one that I don't really talk about my family a lot, you know. I feel like just and people other wrestlers do whatever. That's and that's totally on that. But I've always felt like there there at least needs to be something in my life that's not Public, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because otherwise, you when your whole life's public, you like you. I feel like you start to to lose being you, you know, and you start to become like, who am I to the whole world, you know? Um, so I've always tried to at least keep, yeah, you know, my personal life fairly private.
0: And know? and that's an interesting point because if you're the same person with your family that you are with everybody else. Then they're not even like they're not getting anything different,
1: right? Yeah, and then you are, you know. I feel like you have to, you know, it, it's it's work, and you have to have work life balance. Uh, it's an easy way to start to lose that, I think.
0: Yeah, how much has becoming a dad changed you?
1: Um, probably a lot. I'm sleeping a lot less, <laughs> somehow, even less. Um, now is actually not so bad. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little sleep now. Sleep's going pretty good.
0: Um, is the baby getting sleep? Is that, that that's why, that's, right? That, that's
1: why I'm yes. sleeping. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, like your, your goals, I guess, shift a little, your attitude towards, I don't know, just life in general shifts a bit slowly, you know?
0: Yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to do this? do this interview. I mean, I thought when you asked
1: me today, I thought, well, I hadn't really considered it, but
0: uh, yeah, well, yeah, I yeah, if I have to. Well, I just
1: see it just never occurred to me that this yeah. would happen, but yeah, when you you asked, yeah, I thought, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, very kind of you, too. Yeah, I of course, appreciate that. Of course. But like when you were growing up, was was wrestling the job you always wanted? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I went through some other things. Um
0: You were and, telling me how to set up the video camera, which was So nice. I yeah, I went through yeah.
1: that. So yeah. in 3rd grade, uh, I wanted when I grew up to be the guy who makes the Pokemon games. I thought like, yeah, I'll make Pokemon games when I'm grown up. Uh, I also, I, then I got into uh, wrestling. I also at one point wanted to be a magician. Uh, I also wanted to be a clown in the circus. Um, I Let's see, what else? I wanted to uh, be a filmmaker. I also, I never really wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> uh <laughs> But uh, I got a job doing it. So uh, I ended up kind of liking it. Uh, so I guess you could count that as well. And uh, obviously, wrestling. Yeah.
0: Of all those jobs you listed, wrestler seems like the most obscure. Like magician. Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. You right? Think even more, mis- like, yeah, I guess more obscure than clown in the circus. Circus is not really that big anymore. That would have no. been a terrible career move <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can you still get to do like a lot of the fun stuff. I mean, I'm basically, yeah, I'm a circus clown, right?
0: Practically. I I mean, wrestling is a lot like a traveling circus. It is
1: very much. It is a traveling circus. Yeah. yeah. Just the trapeze act is a little different.
0: It seems like you guys might get hurt just a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. There's not going to be a 40 or 50 foot fall. Uh, I hope I'm not shot out of a cannon, but.
0: Well, it's not a bad idea. That could be a good uh, spot. I mean, <laughs> you do ride—you ride a horse to the ring on it's occasion. True. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's very circus-like. Yeah, it is. There's, there's a ring. Only one, not
1: three. There, there have been two. Um, oh, that's true. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Very similar. Yeah. I guess in many ways, my dreams have come true. <laughs> How much was that horse freaking out? Uh oh! It uh, all out. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not at all. It, it was a performing horse. So that horse. What was the horse's name? Uh, I think Stony. Uh, yes, I told okay. I told everyone his name was Hunter Horse Elmsley. That wasn't true. Uh, his name was Stoney. He was a performing horse. He was from, uh, I want to say, uh, was somewhere in Wisconsin, kind of close to Chicago. Is Wisconsin close to Chicago? Yeah, very. Okay, yeah. good. Whew, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was from Wisconsin. Uh, he was in Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. He was in the Dark Knight Batman movie. It's uh, a famous horse. It's a bomb-proof horse. So. Like a a bomb-proof horse is, you know, trained to perform in, like, rodeos and live performances with, you know, hundreds and thousands of people and fireworks and stuff like that. Like, they, that's what they do. Uh, And that's what he did. So, he was cool as a cucumber, man. Actually, I think he was probably cooler when we actually, you know, did the live show than, like, trying to rehearse going out there, you know. He
0: was like, I'm not performing unless people are here. Right, yeah. He wasn't on,
1: you know. That's right. Gotta be on. He didn't hear action right of course <laughs> he, he's
0: used to working with christopher nolan in the of, dark night of movies.
1: course yeah and here here i am some asshole sitting on his back trying to ride him to a wrestling match <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right in a one ring circus right yeah unbelievable only one yeah if we go back here what do you think was the first real step where you went okay wrestling can be something i do for a living
1: um kind of kind of working with ring of honor um I mean, you know, when I first, like, very first started out of Ring of Honor, I wasn't, I was not making a living at it. Um, And that took a while. So, I mean, even that, like, I was teaching during the week, uh, wrestling on the weekends. But, like, that money started to add up. Like, oh, wow, I can put a little bit of Savings here. That, you know, whatever. Like, oh, my God. Um, And I I think once uh, I knew that I was going to join Bullet Club uh, and I was going to start touring uh, with New Japan, I kind of knew then, like, I think even before that decision had been made, uh, I was on just like a per appearance deal, I think. So like, even like, I wasn't making enough for a living, but I knew at that point, like, well, I know my deal will be up at the end of the year. I know if I'm going to be in Bullet Club, I'm going to be going, you know, over to Japan and stuff. Like, I will probably get a guarantee of some sort, like a salary, like it will be a living. So then I kind of figured, and this was like April, May of, of that year. So I figured like, okay, well. I will wrap up the school year and I'll tell them, tell them I'm done, you know, and, and we'll see, we'll see when January comes around if, if I'm right, but I'm pretty sure I'll get a a, a salary I can live on. And thank God (laughs) I'd
0: have been screwed. The kids must've thought you were so cool. Oh no, they didn't. They thought I was lame, man. What, what do you, if my, (laughs) if my teacher was a pro wrestler. Um, You'd be the coolest teacher ever.
1: No, they were, uh, it was fun. Like I would like, I would intro the first day of class, you know, with syllabus and all that stuff. And I would intro the class and blah, blah, blah. And then I would have like a slide in my little presentation. Like, okay. And I'm Mr. Waltz. uh, I'm also a professional wrestler. Here's like a clip of me, like getting hit in the head with a chair. Here's me doing a wrestling move. Like this is, you know, whatever. And I would put all that out there and then I'd answer a bunch of questions. Obviously not about the class, about that. Yeah. And then, like, once I did all that, then it was like, uh, oh, all right. Well, he seems normal. He's our teacher. And then,
0: like, it was over. That was it. What's the question you got asked every single year after that presentation?
1: Oh, man, I don't know. They were always really weird questions. It's
0: hard to, like. Oh, give us a weird question.
1: I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> Like, you know, oh, you know, like, oh, do you know The Undertaker or whatever? Or like. I had just stuff like, you know, stuff from people who don't like kids who don't watch wrestling. The like, same questions you get when ask? the
0: TSA pulls this out. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, is
1: that stuff hurt? You know, yeah. whatever. Like, I'm coming in class with like full, like black eye, like this all screwed up looking. They're like, oh, what happened to you? Like, you know what happened to me? Shut up. What about
0: like parent teacher conferences? Would, you know, would any of the moms or dads be like,
1: oh, you're the guy? No, not really. No. But so my classes were like, they weren't English math. So, shit. Mine were, like, the extra, extra classes. So by the time, like, parents showed up for stuff, they didn't come to my thing. Because if if the parents were involved enough with the child's education, they probably had an A in my class. Like, they were doing well. Um, So they didn't need to come see me. Um, And then those who weren't... Like, if you weren't doing well in my class, your parents probably weren't coming, you know? Like, those poor kids, like, they... They just had nobody like to 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 push them, I guess. And if if you were failing my class, like it only you'd have to be trying to fail my class.
0: This idea, though, of betting on yourself and going, "I think this thing's coming. I feel like the pieces are in place here." That's a big move to leave like the guaranteed deal that you had. Yeah, I mean, I I guess
1: so. But I mean, it's just I mean, it's life, right? You just look at look at the circumstances around you and try to figure out like. Well, you know, I think this is going to happen, or I think this is going to happen for better or worse. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, thankfully, it's worked out so well for me. Um, I mean, I know it always won't. I'm sure one of these days I'll I'll make a gamble and I'll be wrong. Um, I don't know, which
0: will be fine. I feel like you're making a lot. You're making a lot of the right plays.
1: I mean, in, in many ways, I probably made some really bad uh, gambling decisions. I went to to college for um, communication. I studied communication. Hey, me this, too, with an emphasis in film. And okay. I realized, uh, one semester in that, Oh shit, I don't want to make movies. Uh, so that was probably a bad gamble, but I mean, I made, you know, you make something of it. I managed but to get a the teaching job.
0: You continued your, like you, you got your bachelor of arts, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I managed to do it. So I, I managed to get my bachelor's in two years. Um, so, but it had it been like the full four years I would have, I would have quit and I don't know where I'd be. Yeah.
0: Everyone who wants to make films, I feel like, is inspired by one or two big directors. Right. So, who was it for you?
1: No one. Yeah, because I realized I didn't want to make movies. <laughs>
0: but you were inspired enough to go to so, school
1: for Well, wh- so when I was in high school, I had a friend, and we, like had a video camera, and we we're like, "Oh, we should like, oh man, you know, be cool, because we like did backyard wrestling stuff together. Like, oh, we should like make a movie. That would be cool, you know, whatever. And we can put all our favorite music in it, and yeah. blah 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 blah. Like, it'll be some fun thing to do on the weekends or whatever. So that's what we did, and. I didn't realize like, I don't actually want to make a movie. I just want to like dick around with my friends. Uh, That's really what I wanted to do. I didn't like yeah. want to actually make a movie. um, And it, that didn't hit me until like the first semester of college. I thought like, Oh, they're teaching me to be a like to move to LA and like make coffee and try to work my way up to be a film director. I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is the very interesting thing about the film business is like, if you want to be a director, it's kind of like your, your journey here with wrestling. Well,
1: yeah, very much. Yeah.
0: It's like, Okay, you got to pay your dues right. for a really long time. Right, right. What was your backyard wrestling name? Uh, so I had several. Okay, uh, were what, any of them Hangman
1: Adam Page? So it was. It wasn't <laughs> Hangman yet. Uh, so there's only me and my one other friend, Adam, whose whose name I've I've now adopted. Um, and then we had a rotating cast of you know classmates or friends who would like for one show join in, but they weren't recurring characters. It was largely just me and my friend Adam. So to make a show, you had to have more than one. We'd have, you know, maybe three matches. So it was me versus him. And it was me and him in two different masks. And then me and him in two different, different masks. Uh, and that was the show. So you're like wrestling a trampoline for an hour uh, in, in these hot-ass masks. Uh, I was Kid Kryptonite. I was a uh, hurricane-inspired, uh, really poorly done superhero. who was very bad at being a superhero. That was, okay. was one of my characters. Uh, another one, my name was Blade. Uh, much like The Blade. I was nowhere near as jacked, nowhere near as cool.
0: As Ryan Reynolds?
1: Uh, or, no, I'm like West, the, the Blade. Blade, Blade Trinity, of, like Wesley Snipes? No, no, Blade of Butcher and the Blade. Oh, right? okay, I'm go- I was going to movies I, no, 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 wow. I'm going I'm going to the, the Blade. No. I was Blade, um, but I wore a ski mask that I'd sewed yarn into, like long hair. Uh, that was a character, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, and then, the, then I was just me, so the, those were three. I might have had another... Uh, I, that I don't quite remember. Yeah,
0: it was like, was you just your normal name?
1: Yeah, just me. I mean, you know, you know my yeah. name. Yeah, I mean, those like this was just like my parents and like my uncle and you know, like oh the friend from down the road who like come to watch the and show. a trampoline and a trampoline. Yeah, yeah. Well, my parents uh, when I was I don't know maybe fifth or sixth grade they for Christmas for me one year they we had a trampoline or I guess we had busted the first trampoline all to shit. So they bought a new trampoline and they built like a wooden wrestling ring frame around it, wooden posts, ropes that eventually took the springs from the old trampoline, hooked them up to those ropes. So the ropes had like spring, like you could do stuff on them. It was wild. Yeah, very wild. Man. You couldn't bump on the wood though. Way, way too, way too much. Did you have any really bad injuries? Uh, in backyard wrestling? Yeah. No, no. That's I, thankfully surprising. not. Right. Can you imagine where we'd be? I wouldn't be here? had I like broke my leg on the I gasoline, was a backyard probably. wrestler and oh wow really what's your what was your what was your name come on come Chris on, Sharp Chris Sharp yeah.
0: damn that's not yeah. bad It's not bad right how old how old were you then 16 16 16 and 17 we were in high school we actually drew like crowds of like 60 70 80 people oh wow really yeah okay my arch nemesis was Danny courageous okay and he actually ended up being becoming an independent wrestler in the Toronto area oh. his real name is Will White but then his wrestling gimmick was Bill Black. So like the complete opposite. Damn, that's clever. This was pretty good. So he wore white when he was Will White. And then when he like, when you made him angry, like Ken Shamrock style, he ripped it off and had black tights underneath. Oh, so he had like yeah. tear off gear and everything. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And he okay. be- became Bill Black. So Chris Sharp was very inspired by Triple H. Okay. Like I taped my left wrist and then I taped my right wrist and my right hand, like uh, Triple H. Okay. I was sharp talking, sharp walking, sharp dressing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, and then I trained to be a pro wrestler when I was 20. And I was like, you know what? I'll leave this to the actual professionals. Yeah, that's. I think
1: when people first get in the ring and start training, like that's the easiest part
0: to, to realize. <laughs> like, mm, never mind. I did it for like three months in the yeah. summer of college. Okay. And then I was like, well, now that I've moved back to college, when school started back up, it's now an hour away. Right. It's called the Squared Circle in Toronto. Okay. It's now an hour away. And I've got all these classes during the week. And like, I feel like I can't do both. It's impossible, right? People can clearly do it. Right. But I was like, I want to make sure I go all the way in. Right. Well, you had your
1: stuff together. Some I other guess. people are clearly out of their minds.
0: What? I mean, when you took your first bump in an actual ring, were you like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't believe how
1: much it hurt. You know, like, obviously I knew it hurt. Like you would see guys like bump and then they get up, yeah. And I thought like, oh my god! And I mean, of course, I was like fourteen, you know, so it hurt way worse, you know. I'm just yeah. skin and bones too, you know, so that
0: didn't help. Running um, the ropes, I think, is the most surprising thing when you really, do that for the first so? time, because you're doing all these drills in wrestling school, and then you get home and you have a huge welt on your back.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think running the ropes for me was maybe like the the easiest or most like natural thing because they had this ring in the backyard not that this was a real ring but (laughs) you would run the rope so there was spring you'd you know catch your back on like so i was kind of not that i really knew what i was doing but like i kind of was used to that that was a natural one
0: there's also though the downside of like you think you know how to do it because you've been a backyard wrestler that's true and then you go into a ring and they're like what are you doing unlearning very difficult like i i learned very quickly when i went to wrestling school that everything's done on the left side and like when I'm in the backyard, we're giving suplexes on the right oh, side. Oh yeah, it's just wild west. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> you have no idea what right. you're doing. What was the what was the first moment after you know you you got paid and you were able to do this for a living? What was the first moment where you went, I I might actually be like pretty good at this? Oh, shit, I don't know. Um, I'm like I'm still waiting for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. like any day now really I'll, I'll soon i'll think i have this figured out like i feel like you got really over with everything with uh being the elite like and everything there yeah yeah i think like for me that was
1: that was maybe one of the the biggest or if not the biggest thing to happen to me positively in my career was not even wrestling it was getting to do being the elite because i talked earlier about like wanting to go to school not because I wanted to make movies, because I wanted to dick around with my friends and make stupid <laughs> videos. And that's what that was. You got to um, do it. And we did like uh we did a story on BT where, you know, I was kidnapped by WWE. And uh we started we'd started doing the Where's Hangman bit and we filmed a bunch of bits of like just random people at PWG show or whatever. are going, Where's Hangman or whatever? And uh and I, I remember um Hunter at Ring of Honor like asking i think the bucks about like hey what's this all like what's all this where's hangman stuff like people think he's like he he didn't really know exactly what was going on and they like filled him in and and they were like we have to use this on the show like the pay-per-view we're gonna do because he's supposed to be missing and i couldn't just be at the pay-per-view if i'm supposed to be missing yeah so he did the whole bit where i like came out my hands duct taped together and stuff by wwe and uh (laughs) (laughs) and like to and it got a huge reaction uh and we had like I had gone to uh, like office max or whatever the hell and had a bunch of like missing posters, you know, printed up and had like the little tabs at the bottom where you pull for like a, you know, how to report me if you saw me or whatever and posted them all over the arena. And people were like grabbing them and trying to get them signed and all this kind of stuff. That was like one of the first things I did that like, I was just having so much fun doing that. And I thought like, man, this is it. Like, this is, this is what I want to do. And like it was BTE was getting bigger and bigger and bigger where it wasn't just like, I mean, you know, even before I was on it, but it wasn't just like a YouTube show. It felt like a movement, you know, it Mm -hmm. felt like we would do these indie shows or ring of honor shows or whatever. And they were more interested in what we were doing on BTE than, than anything above and beyond. Um, and that's when I kind of felt like, like we're onto something. Um, and I don't mean to like take credit for that. Obviously this is, was Matt and Nick's show, you know, it's their baby. But, you know, I was a part of it, and it felt like, man, we're really onto something. And there's no way this is not going to continue to get bigger. I don't know how much bigger, I wouldn't have imagined this bigger. Um, But something special is happening, yeah. And I'm gonna do a little bit more than make a living at this, I think.
0: And it was so amazing to see that storylines that you had on BTE were like carrying over. Right. And like fans were chanting things from BTE, that like we were never talked about on the wrestling shows. and I think that's where it was like so cool to see that. yeah. and I think like,
1: you know it, it felt like you were you were on the inside of something like you watched the 10 or 15 minute YouTube show like it was something you knew that we took time out of our you know, wrestling actual schedule, what we're supposed to be doing to make this stuff and it was like we had a connection, you know what I mean and people were having fun trying to give that back to us. Um, and it was weird. Yeah. Because like for a while there, it, it felt like for better or worse, whether they want it to be or not, or whether we wanted it to be or not, it felt like ring of honor was really about BTE. It did. Yeah. Um, yeah and it, it, and that's, that was a real turning point for me, at least mentally in figuring out like
0: how long this would last for me. And then the ultimate nod was that it's, it's all elite wrestling because it was being the elite. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it, it's it's really weird to think that
1: you know all that, all this, all this um, thousands of people every week. It ultimately just comes from this stupid YouTube show. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, So, with all of that said, what does this championship sitting in your lap mean when you finally won that?
1: Um, I guess you know mentioning all of that. And holding this championship, it puts it into a little, little different perspective to me than I'd really ever considered. Um, yeah, I'm proud of this. Fuck.
0: I'm proud of this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm very proud of yeah, this. Yeah, you should be. Damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you probably never want to lose this thing. No, never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. No. I hope you don't. I hope not Although either. It seems inevitable. I'm that. so sorry. I oh,
1: don't say that. What oh, geez. What? What yeah. the hell? <laughs> no.
0: One day, maybe, but that, Uh, like, to see the whole progression of everything that you've done to now be the world champion, that's really cool. Yeah. It's, um,
1: it's sometimes too, like, you reach the mountaintop and you kind of like, you look around and you're not sure, like, well, now what, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but you just talking about how we got here reinvigorates me, you know, and there's nothing there's nothing more important than this in wrestling. And um I feel like reinvigorates me to want to hold on to this. Yeah. I think even more than
0: even more than before. I think there were a lot of hangman fans who were upset that you didn't win this earlier because it felt like you were lined up to win this maybe in year one or year two of AEW. Yeah. Well, um they stuck with
1: me. I thank them for that. Uh, I might not. I I didn't stick with me for a while, uh, and they did. So, what a ringtone! Someone's calling me. Wow! Wow! You guys hear my ringtone? What, that, what is that? It's my ringtone, man. You What's ever seen "It's Horsing Around"? You ever seen "Horsing Around"? It's a TV show from the '90s. Oh my god! There was a horse, and he adopted some children. Do, do you um, need to answer this? Probably not. What if? See, man. What if this is
0: like Tony Khan calling if it's you? The what if it's the police? Whoa. What if we're not supposed to be in this police? room? Oh, now the call. What if it's your wife?
1: Uh oh! Whoops! Open the baby camera. Why not pull that? <laughs> Oh, it's one of those spam calls. Oh, yeah. okay.
0: That's maybe that's a code for something. I don't know. No,
1: I mean it's one of it's one of, you know what I mean. Yeah, you get spam calls. You want a
0: cruise? Yeah, you know all this bullshit. Or they're right. like the IRS needs to talk to you. I
1: get so much shit. Your car's
0: warranty. We're calling yeah.
1: you from the dealer warranty. Whatever, yeah, whatever. you know whatever. They they don't even bother to have a real person. They just have a recording. Oh, it pisses me
0: off. How does that trick anybody?
1: I don't know, but. Clearly it does, otherwise they
0: wouldn't be doing it, right? That's a good point. But damn, it pisses me off. Like God. That ringtone does not piss me off, though. You like that? That was really good. Yeah. I feel like I want to call you just a, to hear it's that. It's a good ringtone. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data Who's been the person in your career that's been like the person who's been your mentor? Mm, Damn.
1: I don't know. I don't know that I've ever really had much of a mentor, I guess, for a while. I would have said the Young Bucks, you know, when I was in the Elite and traveling with them to Japan for the first time and stuff like that. You know, I looked up to them. Um, I respected them. Uh, and I mean, I wouldn't, I, I never really felt like they were mentors as much as peers, Yeah. but in a lot well, of you ways, learned a lot I them. learned from them, you yeah. know? Um, so them in some ways, Kenny again, you know, in, in some ways. Um, but I've never really felt like I had, yeah had much of a, a wrestling mentor.
0: Do you feel like there's been like a piece of advice that someone's given you where you've been like, now that I see it? No, like that. No, I think like in a,
1: in a, in a, field like like wrestling uh advice like that is bullshit like i th- <laughs> I think you you listen to it and you take take it yeah but at the end of the day like you you figure it out you do you um and that that is success like if, if you're just listening to what somebody else tells you like the fuck you know yeah. I, I feel like you just do this yourself you know and well, that's something to be proud of that's
0: actually a great piece of advice in itself i i guess but don't Like, take it too seriously. I'm sure there's lots of people in the line here at the convention that want to, like, young wrestlers or people that want to do what you're doing. What do you tell them? I tell them,
1: have a plan B, because statistically, you will not make a living at this. Mm. Um, A lot of people would, I think a lot of people would say, like, if, if you have a plan B, you know, that means you can't give all to plan A, yep. so you're going to fail at plan A anyway. That's not true. Hmm. Uh, I was a high school teacher, and I did this, um, and I'm the effing world champion. And I, and at one time, I was a high school teacher to make it through this. I had a plan B, and I don't need it anymore. Um, have a plan B because life is much more important than, you know, what career you want to follow or what, you know, Oh, you want people to say about your accomplishments you want to have. Life is much more important than that um and you will need to make money to survive uh so always have a plan b that's like what i i feel like people don't press that upon people enough in in telling you to chase your dreams you ab- absolutely should uh but to also know like you have to reckon with the fact that you probably statistically will not make much money at this if any um you have to know that and you have to be okay with that
0: your and your story is like a perfect example of that like you were kind of you were a teacher that wrestled, then you were a wrestler who kind of taught. Yeah. And then you true. got to the point where you're like, now I can just be a wrestler because you laid everything out before that.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And a lot of it's luck and timing and stuff like that.
0: Well, and a lot of it's hard work. But if you
1: don't if you don't reckon with that like reality, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak one way or the other. Yeah. You know?
0: Who was the person for you growing up that like who was your guy? Oh, like who? wrestler yeah, guy? Yeah.
1: Oh, I loved the Hardys when I was younger. Uh, that's really great. When I started getting to wrestling, I love the Hardys. They were from North Carolina, not too far from you know where I was from. Their dad was a tobacco farmer, like my dad. They talked about like having a ring belt in the backyard and doing all this and that, and like talked about yeah, uh, pulling tobacco and you know like like it was everything. I remember just getting their like all those autobiographies or biographies or whatever at the time were real real big. I remember getting all those wrestling books and like that was the one I thought like damn. I loved that book because it so much of it I could I like really relate to so they were my absolute favorites um, at first beyond that I don't know I don't think any like I guess how much I liked them at the time like no one else compares because I think beyond that like I started getting so deep into wrestling I started to you know I guess think less about like who I could just actually sit back and enjoy and yeah. I started to think about it like you know picking this and you know you know how people nitpicky people can be. I started to be like, that, yeah. I guess
0: there's there's a lot of comparisons between you and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh wow! I mean, I'm sure you've heard them.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Do you think that there's any merit there? I don't know. I mean, whatever you see, like
1: you know, I don't know. You have dark trunks that's and not, you drink, and he has dark my, trunks and drinks. Never and my goal. Um, I mean, I could I could understand how uh, I could understand how you'd see that, yeah. But never was like my intention or my goal or anything like that stone Cold's is awesome um yeah that's a that's a great compliment of too. course yeah I'll, t- yeah I'll take it as a compliment but it, yeah i think people like people tell me stuff like that about you know this guy or that guy or whatever and I'm oh thank you a lot like i hope people don't think like that's my intention like i want to be the next whatever
0: yeah, yeah not the case remotely it never has been what do you think's the aew match that you are most proud of
1: mm, that's hard to say um maybe 60 minutes with with Brian just for the fact that i wrestled for 60 minutes um because i thought i thought that i might die um In the I, match? It, yeah i thought i like 60 minutes is a long time to do anything uh wrestling i thought i i could actually perish um i survived it so i'm proud of that but i guess for a very different reason um i guess the one i'm probably the most proud of is the match with Kenny against the Young Bucks, yeah, proudest of that.
0: I mean, you've had so many great matches. Thank you. I imagine the one Sweet. you know where you win this is—that's that's, that's great up match there too. as well. Yeah, um, those are probably the three. Even yeah. this match last night, a lot of people are talking about it. Proud of that, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I maybe that's another thing. Like if you're not leaving the ring proud of what you've done, maybe you haven't done a great job.
1: Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I've been pretty proud of a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I try not to get too hung up on, you know, how I view things that have already happened forward thinking.
0: Yeah. Well, what, what is in the future for you? Do you think?
1: Oh, oh, maybe I'm not so forward thinking. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I'm going to hold on to this for the rest of my life. That's
0: my plan. That's it. Prove me wrong. I appreciate you making the time to do this.
1: I don't mind at all.
0: Thank you. And I end every conversation with the same question because I love gratitude. and I wake up every day and I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. And I say it before I go to bed, too. What are three things in your life that you're grateful for? Oh,
1: my family. Yeah. Wrestling. All of it. Just all of this. Incredibly of grateful for it. You know, a lot of times it feels like family and wrestling is all I do anymore. <laughs> uh So lastly, I will say I'm grateful for that time that Surge came back for a little while. Because when I was younger, I loved Surge. I thought it was the best thing ever. And then it was gone forever. And I always thought like, oh, my God, I will never know that sweet nectar again. And then they brought it back and I had it and it was all right. And I'm I was able to let that go. So I'm very thankful for that time Surge came back. There's
0: going to be so many people that have no idea what you're talking about. That's fine, and Google I love it, it. Google yeah, it. Google Surge. What's your drink of choice, by the way?
1: Uh, free. <laughs> free, yeah. <laughs> Anything? I'm not picky. Yeah, that's I'm kind not of how picky. I am. I'll do any of them, man. Give it to me neat. Give me a girly
0: one. I don't care. I, like, how do you feel about white claws? Oh, they're not bad. I mean, High it's, it's always
1: about the occasion, you know. Um, yeah. If it's a hot summer day and you're outside, yeah. you know,
0: whatever. Oh, nothing wrong with the White Claw. Yeah, they're good. I I, was, I love White Claw. I'll drink anything as well. I'm with you. If it's free, that sounds great. it's free is is the best. But then I also get myself into situations where, like, there's an open bar, and I'm like, well, now it's all free. Ooh. So now I feel like I need to have a lot of these because they're free. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I like a sour mix, you know, oh, like a whiskey, sour, a whiskey sour. sour, yeah, something like that.
1: Um, like I like sour candy and stuff too, so I guess that's probably why.
0: Yeah, those are good. Yeah, I don't know. That's I wouldn't say it's a drink of choice at all, but like if you were to sit down I'm at the bar about it, and I were to say, "All right, this round's on me. What do you want?"
1: Right now, I'd say well, like a water. I've been dieting so hard. <laughs> well, you would like here you are, know. sir. You would never know and look at me, but I've been dieting so hard. I have my little meal prep, and I packed. Let's see, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, say Saturday. So I packed four, four and a half days of meal prep food oh, for this trip. Gosh, uh, the remnants of which are left waiting to give me South Manila in my Senior. hotel room.
0: Are you uh, traveling with ice packs?
1: No, no, I, no, I just raw dog the meals. I put them right into the cooler, no ice, straight out of the fridge into the cooler. Ride to the airport, airport sitting flight connection whatever you hotel it's usually like seven or eight hours
0: what if your hotel doesn't have a fridge i don't think i've ever had a
1: hotel that didn't have a fridge at least that oh, okay. you could put food in okay you know, it might sometimes they don't have the fridge in the room like a mini fridge yeah but they're like oh and they know you've got food and they're like uh oh, yeah it's okay I put it in like this the break room or whatever oh
0: yeah okay but there's always a fridge microwaves some
1: sometimes yeah sometimes well there's a problem
0: grateful for you Thank you for this time. Oh shit! Yeah, put me on your list. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey. Dude, here we go. Thank you very much. Dude, thank you. Wow, that's a blessing. You're a blessing. Well, there we go. That was a long day for Hangman. By the way, he had that Texas Death Match with Adam Cole the night before. Then he flew to Indianapolis, landed at like two in the morning, signed autographs all day at the Squared Circle Expo and then he made time for this chat with us. So super super grateful for him for making the time for this. I hope you like this one. Please share the link for this episode with someone who you know would love it and snap a screenshot. Tag us. He is at the Adam page on Twitter. He's at Hangman Adam page on Instagram and I'm at Chris Fanvley. Tag us so we can share it out and we know that you're listening to this episode. And take a second to subscribe on the app that you're listening on right now so you don't miss out on any more great conversations that we have coming up. I'll leave you with the words of Roy T. Bennett. What a great quote this is. Attitude is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Optimism is a choice. Kindness is a choice. Giving is a choice. Respect is a choice. Whatever choice you make makes you choose wisely. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears